Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. 
Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. We're here today so that your voice can be heard loud and clear. It is important to me that we establish a show that allows all of us to share our opinions about the many things that are going on in our world that need us, that we need to discuss and find solutions to. And today is no different. We're on seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We are here so that we can make a plan and devise a way to make our world better, not only for ourselves, but all of those around us. Uh, D, how are you doing this evening? I'm going good, James. How are you, big guy? Hey, D, you know, it's it's a perfect time. Sometimes you, there's certain people you need on the show at a certain time, and you are here, uh, you're that, that person for the day. You know, it, it is sad that white America seems unable to understand why we hurt so much when uh, they take one of our kids away from us. And they don't understand that we are, uh, the problem is, is that 
we are executed for the least issues in the world. You know, when you go back to when a man was in his car with his girlfriend and his child, just trying to get home from a dinner with his his mother, and then he's executed because the policeman is so afraid that he put his hands in his pocket. And we can go on and on and on and on. And today we're talking about a man, if it was the man, we're not even sure if this man just happened to be in his backyard at his mother's or his grandmother's house talking on his cell phone. We're not sure. But they suggest that he was breaking windows and he was running from the police. But they couldn't take the time to see the only thing in the man's hand was a cell phone, and they shot him 20 times. You know, and and they they want to say, oh, we fear for our lives. And that's all they have to say, phone in his hand. We fear for our lives. And it just suggests that a man would commit suicide by walking toward them that the, all he, all you got to do to die is be black and walk toward police officers. You know, it, it is just amazing to me that we have gotten to the point that we cannot express the pain and sorrow that we feel every time one of our children or every time one of us committed to the grave for such little behavior. Well, good evening, James. And uh, first of all, I think it's it's imperative for me to say that uh, we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate your show. Uh, we appreciate the things that you try to bring to our attention. Um, to me, in my mind's eye, you're a public servant. And uh, and so uh, here we go, man. Um, the one of the most agonizing. And what really pains me and all of us people of color the most, what pains us the most is that there is no national outrage. There is no national outrage. And when Colin Kaepernick uh, found a way to get people's attention and, and had a reason behind his actions, all white America could see, and I got to call them out, all that they could see was the, the fact that he was not standing for the national anthem, and they tried to justify their uh, uh, consideration as a way of disrespecting the flag and, and fallen soldiers that have fallen in past wars. And, and, and to have a person at the head of the most high office in all the land to not even be concerned enough to even bring it about or even mention it is part of the problem. Now, actually, James, I'm in a new space in my mind. Um, being as though uh, so much is going on and everything is off the rip, the White House is in total shambles, um, but when it comes down to these sacrificial lambs, and I got to call it that, 
But when it comes down to these sacrificial lambs, you know, uh, we all want to answer the question, why? And I think that's the mistake is that um, we we want to look for a reason. You know, looking around us, most of the time, don't nobody even know what's going on, James. They don't even care. People are going about their everyday lives. And I think the only people that's really concerned about all of this are the people that try to make sense out of it all, find some rationale behind all of this. And, and we're the only one that really seems to be out of sorts about it. Now, um, I, I'm in a in a place where I want to say that you know we we always we all want to ask uh, what's the reason behind it, and you know there is no reason on only what God has in store, and we don't really know what that is. I think that's a problem. That's one of the problems. We all want to we want to know. What's, what's the reason behind it? And I think that's the wrong answer, the, the wrong question to ask. You know, I think that we're getting a spanking. I really do. I think we're getting a spanking from the White House all around all around the world. And, uh, you know, I, and I, I, I really don't have no other answer for it. Now, somebody else is going to come on behind me to try to give you some other answer, but I, I just think we're getting a spanking. And because don't, we haven't been paying attention long enough to try to correct any of this wrong. So, James, uh, thanks for letting me share that, and I pass it back over to you, bud. Well, let me just say, see, I told you there was a reason why I like, you know, this specific subject needed you because you always put something in the mix. And uh, I had seen something that just was so irate, and I was going to bring it to the table at a different time. Uh, but I had kind of, kind of forgot it until you brought it back to my head. Colin Kaepernick. A year ago, uh, actually two years ago, because he's been out of the league a year, started a movement to save African Americans from being shot in the street. And people were so angry at him that they refused to give him a job. Now, you probably know this person's name, but there's a white gentleman who was supposed to be the next coming to Christ as a quarterback who was doing all kinds of drugs and partying all night long and stepped away from the game. And um, there are people right now watching him train because they want to give him an opportunity to come back. And the reason he left was because he was doing drugs and partying all night and, was, and people were in fear that they, this white boy was going to kill himself. And I can't remember his name. I think he Johnny, Johnny uh, Football. Played I for. Know, I know. Huh? Football. That's his name. That, that, that was his handle, Johnny Football. 
I don't remember his last name, but uh, you're right. Uh, he was he was the truth. He was the stuff in college, but when he got to the pros, he just started acting a fool. And it was a party animal and was suicidal, so they thought. Uh, his his code name is Johnny Football. Maybe somebody could come behind me and uh, and give me his, his uh, actual last name. And anyway, he they're looking at the teams are looking at him to come back into the league. You see, white America doesn't understand that's what's driving us crazy. That we could do something for the right reason and be sacrificed for it and never be given another opportunity, can do all the wrong they want to and get a mulligan. And our kids are out there being killed every day by biased police officers or police officers who can justify shooting a man who have a cell phone 20 times and not render aid to him. They took him... They took them 15 to 20 minutes, and they did not render aid to him, and they cut off their video and microphone so they could make up, or make up lies. And this is what our young people face and African Americans face every day. Speak up about it. They will find a reason to crucify you. Kaepernick spoke up about it. And they crucified him, but they're ready to give another man who acted a fool and did stuff for no reason a mulligan. So, Cheryl, we find ourselves with our children dying in the street, blood on the ground because of their fear of African Americans. And anybody who's willing to stand up for it Good evening, and how's everyone doing? You know, we talk about that um, so often, how movements are started, but we are never consistent when the going gets tough. It seems as though, you know, it starts off strong, and then eventually it dies down. And for whatever excuses, other people come up with, you know, we don't stick with it. You know, the same thing when was asked um, to not to watch, you know, um, the games during the football season. And if you can think about how many people started off strong and said, oh, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. And then as it got toward the end, then they started watching. We're so not dedicated to the causes and we're not consistent you know we won't go the length and we can't expect one person to do it all and not have the backing of so many of us actually benefit from whatever the um, cause is and then we talk about what we're not doing but we're not doing it so that's why I say, you know, we have so much that we can do. And if and everybody can't do everything, but if somebody, if everybody do something, 
then a lot of the issues that we talk about could get accomplished. If we have, when we say, well, let's boycott and let's take one day and everybody, you know, don't go to Walmart for whatever reason. Well, I got to go. I can't. You know, we don't stand up for nothing. So that's the reason why we fall for everything. And that's the reason why we have so many discussions about the same things over and over. It's because we start off strong and then we die off. So we got to start standing up for something. Whatever that is, we got to start doing it. You you are so right. You know, it, it is sad that we sit here year after year. We know it's going to happen. We get angry, and we get out there in the street, and then these people come right back and do the same thing to us. And you, when you speak of the fact that there just seems to be no understanding whatsoever by white America to understand what it is we're, we're feeling and how deep it is, is being felt. When Dee uh, went back to Colin Kaepernick, Dee, the Miami Dolphins just gave a contract to a man who only played three games last year. And they brought him into their football camp. Kaepernick, who is, went, uh, went to a Super Bowl, it's been a starting quarterback for two or three years as a very versatile quarterback won't give him a chance. And so we sit here because this man gave up his career for this movement, and our children are still dying in the street. These people do things that don't make any sense. They shoot at a man 20 times who only has a cell phone, they cut off their videos and sound to give themselves an opportunity to make up a lie. They didn't re, re, uh, render aid to this man for 15 or 20 minutes. And so when you say to them, you would have never done this to a white boy. If you give this, give them their justification, the and say that a white boy was running through the streets, busting windows, no white boy would have been murdered in a hail of bullets for a cell phone. They treat us in a fashion that they know they would not treat themselves, D. They know they would not treat no white boy in this fashion. But this is the way they treat people of color. James, you know, uh, it wouldn't have happened. Um, there's nobody on Fox News that would answer that question for you. If you was a call-in guest, they they would not answer that question for you. They would find a way to divert the answer and would not answer you, answer you directly. And that's that's the that's the system, or that is the um, the way that they do things. Um, but to answer your question directly, um, don't, they don't care. 
They don't care, and I'm kind of done with trying to make excuses for them. Um, you know, uh, even even the the, the the Christians, the supposed Christians, Southern Christian, white Christian, across the, across the map, they don't care, and and I can prove it. Because they've had time and time and time again of opportunities to step up and say something. And so there you have it. They don't care. And so, and with the the, the current leadership of our country, uh, you know, it's we're in a quagmire, a big mess. And... Uh, and so, you know, I I'm interested in Reverend Smith and Miss um and Miss Kathy to come back and and even Miss Audrey to come back and give uh, give people who want to make who want to give a a shot of some sense of it all. Because you know, my mind I, tells me that it's just a part of the, of the rapture or of the prophecy, and that's that's the only way I can find comfort in. I'll say that again. That's the only way I can find comfort in to know that it's part of the plan. If it's not part of the plan, if somebody can please offer an, another explanation, and James don't have to stop right there. Thank you. And Cheryl, you know, one of the things that kills you about white America is these people will say to you, why can't y'all stop uh, talking about slavery? Why can't y'all stop taking us back to the past? And the reason for it is, is that you cannot stop cannot stop when you see yourselves being treated as second-class citizens. Now, I can't tell you why that young man may have been out there breaking windows, but I know he should not have been eliminated or murdered just because he was breaking car windows. And the assumption is always that they're so in fear of their lives uh, that they can justify murdering us. And that is what we makes us feel like second-class citizens. So, you know, I ask you, you know, how can we forget or move on when it's obvious that we are being treated differently. You, well, we can. You know, and it's hard when you we are still living it from day to day. You know, that's just like when you have a, a, a bruise or a cut. Every time you hit that cut, the cut is, you have less likely chance for it to heal. And it's the same way today. 
because it keeps happening over and over and over. So it almost seemed like it was yesterday. You know, and you think about how schools are not safe, the jobs are not safe, the churches are not safe, the backyards are not safe. I mean, where is our safe haven? And we have incidents where being in the house is not safe because when I was in my 30s, a young boy answered his door, and he had an iron gate when he answered the door. And guess what? The guy who was shot him up. So you can't even be in your own home. That's why it's so important that one situation and that we deal with it and the person that has started something that we so rally around them. And can we be with them personally? No, but we can start a group in our community for the same cause. Because bringing awareness is the first thing. Because a lot of times people think, I don't know what to do. But if we began to do something, if somebody becomes a leader within the so many different communities that we have and bring that awareness, we can begin to get things done, accomplished. Because it's hard to do it on a large scale. But if we do bite size by bite size all around, and then we all come together. That's your force right there. That's your reckoning force. So that's why I keep saying we got we can do better. We can. You know, if we wake up and say, Lord, what is it that you have me to accomplish today that would benefit us as a people? And it be something that you will be pleased with. End of the day, ask ourselves, what have we contributed to making this place a better place? And if we can't come up with an answer, then we're not doing our part. You're so right about that safety thing. It seems that Stories after stories, we've had older elderly people in their home, shot in their home. We've had elderly people uh, murdered uh, because they wouldn't open their front door. They have all kind of justifiable reasons uh, for shooting and killing innocent African-Americans, D. Uh, It seems that we, every year, and they don't seem to want to stop. You know, when you kill 10 or 15 people a year and, and wrongly, look like you'd want to put some kind of uh, protocol in place so that you would reduce that number. 
And then they get upset when something like Texas happens and some African-Americans go up to deep end uh, because of what he, he the the hurt and and pain he feels for his brethren being killed. And they want to make you feel bad. Look, look what you did. Look what you did. But you do it every year. But James, you know, uh, I've always wondered this this question right here. I've always wondered this question. Going to one of my blackout songs. Uh, my question is, what about the other black officers that are on these police departments? There, the the other officers, black officers that, that that's a part of these police departments, or uh, even in the state, that don't have to be part of the necessarily uh, the department that that are involved in these shootings. But black officers, I, I, you know, they they haven't even said anything themselves. Um, I know in in uh, in Atlanta, uh, the black officers have their own fraternity, and and that's probably because uh, 65 percent of Atlanta is is black uh, organization. Even even if your department has not been involved in in, the, in in shootings such as these, you still should have a voice, and that's that's part of the problem. Like Ms. like Ms. Sheriff said, nobody wants to say that. And until they even start to say something, and the churches start to say something, the churches, most churches have a have an organization on their own. They already got a congregation. And you, you want to ask yourself, uh, Reverend Smith? I'm glad you showed up today. I mean, we we just continue to have this issue, and. White America just refuses to answer the questions that we have every time this happens. White America refuses uh, to give justification for the slaughtering of your black young men, and we and they come up with the same thing and it hurts, Reverend Smith. I have to tell you, every time they, we fear for our life, we fear for our life, and so. We didn't run, black men don't run because they fear for their life. You understand? You know, you you we are not allowed to fear for our lives and hurt anybody, but they can keep shooting people who don't have weapons without justification. You can shoot somebody 20 times and then wait 15 or 20 minutes before you render aid. You can turn off your your um, video equipment and turn off your recorder because you got to get your story together. I mean, how long can we continue to have this just fester, this wound, and then they say, well, why can't y'all stop talking about slavery? I'm here, James. Uh, it's going to continue a lot longer than we would like to have it continue because D was, um, he kind of hit a little bit of what the situation of what the problem really is. Uh, some of us black officers were a force, even during the time when I came on um, back in the 70s, the early 70s, 
we we stood up. We stood up and, 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 and said what we felt because we didn't try to integrate ourselves in there with the whites because the whites didn't want to integrate with us. So we stood up. It was only three or four of us anyway out of a, maybe 150. It was about three or four. And uh, But we did stand up for ourselves, and that's another thing that Gerald was saying, that we do have to stand up. We can't just sit by idle. Um, and and it, these things are, are happening because these people are afraid of their life. And the reason I say they're afraid of their life because most of them are already scary anyway. I'm saying this from knowledge, not from speculation. Most of them are very, very afraid. They're not in physical condition. They run when they only they when they have to. That's uh, like they chase this kid. You know for surety that if a helicopter is in the air and he's got this kid on infrared and following him, he knew which one it was that was banging the windows out in the in 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 these cars. He did not, and he knew that that boy either had a gun or he did not have a gun. Those are the kind of, and then when that, when that lieutenant or whoever he was got there and told them to shut down the, uh, the cameras, that was just another uh, um, uh, ice pick in, the, in your back. It really was. Uh, so it, it, until we, as, as blacks, the church and other people, like Dee was right on target, I blame. I'm not. I'm. I'm at a point now where I've went through so much of this stuff. Being the first black this, the first black that. I fought all my life to get blacks places on these departments in different places, and got myself in a whole lot of trouble. But they they respected me, but they sure didn't like me. And if they had got me in a crossfire or something, I probably would have been dead. But that didn't bother me. It didn't really bother me. Because right is right and wrong is wrong. And until we as a conglomerate of individuals stand up together, we are speculating and talking about it here on this show. I can go let me give you let me let me give you an example. When I first came into the AME church, I made myself available to the AME church as an expert in narcotics and law enforcement. I was even writing articles for the newspaper over in Daytona and, and, and for the for the new uh, for the um uh, the Times also over in Daytona. And so about the law. And I tr- I asked and begged the, the the AME church to please just let me go to all of the different churches on my own dime and let me talk to the youth at each church about certain things. And I would even go back and forth. It didn't matter. And and I never got one call. We have almost 500 and some plus churches in the state of Florida and the Bahamas, and I never got one call. So what's going on? They're, we're all letting down these children. But now that the children have gotten basically somewhat out of hand, 
Everybody wants to jump up and say what we ought to do, what we ought to do. And now they don't want to do the things that it necessarily takes to straighten this mess out. They want to become a part of what the children are doing. So we just got a mess going on here. We've got a big mess. And they shouldn't have shot that kid. 27 years, and I pulled my gun three times. 27 years. And I've worked in most dangerous areas at work. 27 years, and I pulled my gun three times. You you are supposed to identify, not speculate, identify what is in a person's hand. And just because a person's hand is out or up, you, that doesn't give you the right to say he made a, an overt action toward me. That's fear. That's fear. And as long as we got that going on, and as long as the white establishment allows uh, uh, that to happen because they're going to find it, that he did not do anything wrong. I know in the state of Florida, my department investigates every shooting of a police officer by, uh, I mean, of a citizen by a police officer. And it was told to us, don't go into those departments and make no fuss because we got to work with those people. So that meant to me, give them all the benefit of the doubt, regardless of what the outcome really is. And if you notice, tell me the last time the Florida Department of Law Enforcement has found one officer guilty or uh, negligence of what he ever, what he's doing in his shooting. They won't do it. They will never do it. And to have them investigating these people, all of this is in my book that's coming out. They, they, to have them to investigate these people, it's a farce. And that's the same thing that's going to happen in Sacramento. So we we as blacks just lackadaisical. We're, we're, we're just, we're, we're sad. That's just it. That's it. You you know, you're so right. It just seems so bizarre to me that people will fire weapons before they know exactly what someone has in their hand. And even if they were to uh, fire one or two shots, but 20 shots just seems to be overkill when you, when you then find out somebody didn't have anything but a cell phone. And then try to make me believe that somebody jumped at you. Why would this person want to commit suicide? All of us are very aware when you get cornered by the police, you can't. You better not move, uh, or they'll shoot you. I mean, they'll find any reason to shoot you. So why in the world would you try to encourage them to shoot you? And the only thing you got is a cell phone. See, that doesn't make any sense to me. And they continue to try to make us fight and believe in it. Right. All of that stuff, cops got buzzwords, okay? They got buzzwords just like the NSA and everybody else. And they use those buzzwords. They use those buzzwords to get their behind free of the charges that they ought to be charged with. 
And what makes it so bad is the higher echelon. With, 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 did you hear any of the black churches or any of the blacks say anything in reference to? I'm talking about people of prominence that, quote, unquote, supposed to have all of this power, especially in, in California. There's a large, large congregation of churches out there with black pastors. Where are they? Where are they? And that, that, that's sad. It's really sad that we're doing nothing. We just want somebody to bring us money, and that's it. Bring me the money. And once you get me the money, I don't care what happened to you after that. I'm sorry. Yeah, and the other thing is, as well, uh, D, you and I, no, look, I'm a math major, D. I'm a math major. Okay, and being a math major allows me a certain amount of good common sense. And what I mean by that, and I want all y'all to understand this, all of you are on the line right now. I don't care if there's 80%. If 80% of your police force is white, police force is black, mathematics tells us if you only kill if you only kill people who don't have weapons by happenstance, which means that you only do it you only do it by mistake, then twenty percent of your black force should kill a certain amount of white people by mistake as too. You see what I'm saying? You you can't when you say things are done by mistake. Can, you cannot only mistakenly kill, you cannot only have white people mistakenly kill black people. You got to have black people mistakenly kill white people too. You know, because it is not because it's by purpose, because you say it's accident. So why isn't some of our black officers actually accidentally killing black young men, black, I mean, excuse me, white young men, is because they are not biased. They don't have, they don't have a, they're not scared to to make sure they're doing the right thing. So they don't make those mistakes. So see, that's what the issue is. <laughs> black officers don't have the bias necessary to go around killing young black white boys or they know they're going to lose their job. See, those white men have decided, hey, we ain't going to lose our job, so let's just say we scary and go around shooting people. But, Dave, you know, you make an excellent point, and let me me expound on that. Uh, The black officers are extra careful for another reason. Because they know that their ass was prosecuted without doubt. That's right. They won't they won't be able to scapegoat through this thing. Like 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 the white officer can. All right. So when we say that the white police officers always want to claim the scary that we were in fear of our lives, so we empty these clips on these on these perpetrators, supposedly perpetrators. How much different can that be when it comes down to teachers being armed in the school? 
Are you trying to tell me that the teachers are supposed to be more brave, more brave, more brave than the uh, actual intensely trained police officers? See that 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 don't fly with me. This is just a prerequisite of what that would be like if you would start to arm teachers in school. It's gonna be on the regular. That's right. So, uh, so um, getting back to what Pastor Smith was saying, and, and Michelle, Michelle and Pastor Smith wanted want to know where is the outcry in our own community. And again, you know, in this year of exposure, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that until I'm dry. What Tyrone used to say, this is a year of exposure. During this year of exposure, it is becoming evident that everybody's out for the padding of the pot, including the priests at the church because they won't say nothing. They won't step outside mm-hmm. the realm of norm or normalcy and start it and start to bring up these issues like they did in the sixties. Now see in the sixties them passing their place. Because they knew sure. that we that we had a common goal. And it was try, it was to get up from up under the umbrella of Jim Crow, and and we're right back in that thing again. We're we're there in 2018. So and and like I said, they got a congregation already. So there's your organization right there. All they have to do, uh, the, the seed is not being planted. So as Pastor Smith has eloquently said, uh, this is only the beginning. This is the spanking. Again, I'm going to say that again. This is the spanking that if we don't start to do something for ourselves, it's going to be more of the same. Thank you, Jerry. Yes, it is. And, and uh, Reverend Smith, let me just say to you, there has to be thousands and thousands of black police officers. Uh, why? You know, I'm just, again, being a math major. I have yet to see them walk a black police officer in the court or in the jail or put him on TV who accidentally killed a white person. You know what I'm saying? Why isn't there at least one or two a year with all these thousands? Why are these black officers not making these kinds of mistakes? Because of the same thing that D just got through speaking, but most most black officers are, are, are we already tough enough. We we really are not that afraid, and that's that's the that's one of the, the top major situations. Most of the black officers are in pretty good shape already, because we know that we've got to be better. We've got to be better, and most of us stay in pretty good condition. And most of us got a lot more common sense. We've had to live through a whole lot of stuff, so we're 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 more much more uh, uh, caring when it comes down to taking somebody's life on bullseye. So we we look at people and say, "Wait a minute, you know, I don't need to kill this man. I got a big old ass on my side now. If he got a gun." Let him, let him, let me see that gun, if whatever. And like, if a person got a knife, we we gonna pull out our ass, or we gonna pull out our uh, 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 taser. We gonna do anything but put a bullet in this person, black or white. Unfortunately, unfortunately, one of the men that shot out there in Sacramento was black. One of the men, police officers, was black. 
And it, 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 I don't know if anything happens, that white officer will probably wind up testifying against the black officer because that's how they allow these things to fester and go forward. If instead of doing it on an equal basis, I know for a fact that I've seen it happen, and 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 and, and it, it happens, and it, and we we're sitting there saying, wait a minute, hold on. You remember Mercury Morris who paid for the Miami Dolphins? I remember when we bust Mercury Morris in Miami with a kilo of cocaine. They allowed the person, they allowed the person that sold him and gave him the cocaine to sell to actually testify against Mercury Morris and the man who actually had the cocaine that Mercury Morris was selling, uh, he got off. So that shows you where our whole priorities are, okay? It really shows us where our priorities are. And it is hard for a police, a black police officer out there now. You will find some of them who try to be white. Those are the ones who always get themselves messed up because when it all comes down, they are the first ones that get turned on by the white police officers because they're always trying to be like the white officer. You can't. You got to work with them. You got to make sure that you are uh, 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 in sync with them because you can save their life and they can save your life. But you will never be them. Don't ever real don't ever believe that. And so that's what happened with a lot of the black police officers. So it's it's difficult when I see these things. And if I was was younger, and if I was a lot more, much weller than I am, I would I would definitely be doing a lot of more going and protesting about a lot of this stuff because there's so much I do know. But the only thing I can do now, because of my illnesses and stuff like that, I try to explain it and push it forward. But it doesn't. It, it, everything it falls on deaf ears. It falls. Everything falls right on deaf ears, because nobody have that oomph to want to go out there. You know yourself, James. You yeah. live in Orlando area. You live in Orlando area. We got Jerry Demings out there, and we got others. But we, what happens most of the time? We surround ourselves with white. And whites surround themselves with whites. So where does the black come in to watch your back? That's it. That's that's. I'm not going to say it. You're so correct. You know, uh, Joyce, what what are your thoughts about this? You know, it is obvious to me that every time you turn around, it's white cops shooting black. Now, you know that the system has to be corrupt because it won't deal with the truth. It won't deal with, with what is obvious to us. Now, you watch and see don't that white that white girl who got murdered from Australia, that man of color going to gonna get prosecuted. Now, they already charged him with murder, but he's going to be found guilty because he's a man yes, with color going to shot a white woman. Yes, sir. Well, that's that's obvious, and 
you don't need to be a mathematician to 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 figure this out. You really don't. Uh, just being black, you 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 know the real deal. And more than likely, uh, black cops are not going to uh, uh, shoot put twenty bullets in a person. Although this guy shot this guy, like he indicated, was a black black policeman. But the the normal blacks, they're not going to even be in a situation to even do that. For some odd reason, they always have a lot of white and black neighborhood, and they don't think twice about shooting. And I, I just hate that our young people are risking their life on some petty bullshit. You know, I mean, come on, we got to do better than that. I mean, it's it, it just really weird if they, they kind of say he's guilty for what it is that he accused, but to me... It's not even worth it, even if he stole something. It's not worth killing somebody and shooting them 20 times. You know, what are you going to get? It's materialistic things that you're taking a life for. We got to do better than that as a society, and we got to demand better than that from our police, our law enforcement officers. I mean, what happens to you shoot to, uh, to cripple? You don't shoot to kill. This is ridiculous. They need to reform that. Seem like every every and now it's such a norm. It's no big deal when we hear it on television, but I've never heard a case where they've taken people alive. Everybody's always shot to death. That doesn't make any sense, and we we have to do better than that. Secondly, the revenue right. Everybody don't want to make a stand anymore. You need that. Um, you need to be able to fight and go forward. If you know that you're right, you stand up for it. And you fight forward for it. It's just too many times we just bow out and just forget it. It don't work like that no more. Our young people are showing us that, and they're going to show us that tomorrow. When you, when you, you, when you go for and you write for it, you go all the way and you make a stand. You watch what's tomorrow television. It's going to show you where we, you know, we got too complacent in our thinking. And a lot of times, like the Reverend said, we think we white. We got to realize that. The law is not for the average minority. It's not set up that way. These are the laws that are created and made by white boys. They're going to twist it in a way that they can in order for themselves. Secondly, when they do the shooting, you notice they, they, they put them on leave with pay. But if the black policemen go out there and doing all those shootings the way that they're doing, ain't no way in the hell they're going to let their ass sit at home and tell them they get a paycheck. They know that, and they realize how they make their decision-making, you see. And I think they have more of a conscience than some of these other. And if you're scared as a policeman, you're in the wrong business. That's all I got to say. And, Reverend Smith, what makes you angry the most is when they got laws that they don't even follow. If you remember the guy who was selling cigarettes in uh, New York City, they clearly told the people, you can't use no chokehold. Now, mm-hmm. look, you can't, it ain't like you can can fake what a chokehold is. You put your hand and your arm around this man's neck and choked him till he was dead. He was clearly alive right. when he got on that corner. His weight didn't kill him. You killed him. And they tried. Right. What happened to you? Had the law for a reason. Remember in Tampa when they were killing all those black people? Mm-hmm. They had to stop doing it. 
Mm-hmm. Now, you ain't heard nothing more in Tampa about no black person killed with no chokehold because they told him it was illegal and to stop it. Mm-hmm. So now, why in New York you make it illegal and the man still got off to using it? Because that's 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 just the way. Like uh, it was, it just it was said that uh, it's a part of the structure that we the the, the life of the, of the of the era that we are in, and it's so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate that we as individuals. We, are, we as blacks are trying to live the life of that white man, and we will never live that life. I just thank God that we we got the um, abilities and uh, we do have the, the chance now to actually have the same jobs and stuff. I'm pretty sure that a lot of us know that even if we got the same jobs as some of the whites too, that we are not going to get the same salaries all the time, and, and that's something that we we haven't we never talk about that. We think we getting the same pay. Oh, baby, we giving you fifty dollars an hour. Yeah, all right. You giving me fifty, but you giving that other guy over there sixty. You know, and a lot of people don't ever think about that because they getting X amount of dollars. Oh, I'm getting paid, so I don't matter. So we've got so many different things out here that's messing us up. And we haven't we haven't began to dig down under the surface to pull any of these things out. These things are just like roots that we have allowed to grow, and they are growing and growing and growing. And you know what happened to a big tree most of the time when the re- root go that tap root goes straight down, and you catch the devil getting that root out from in that in in that ground. And so that's what we have done as blacks. We've become so complacent with what we see. And we see it here that around that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So I don't worry about nobody else because I'm good. And that's the detriment. That's going to be the detriment of us, of us all, that we ourselves are getting caught up in trying to be like white America. We will never be like white America. I don't want to be like white America. I want to be just a plain old American who do, uh, have, I'm, I, and I am black, and I want to fight the right fights that everybody is equally treated. And, and that's not happening. These guys out there that are shooting these people, they shouldn't be wearing guns. If you're ever walking around sometime downtown or wherever you are, watch that cop that's always looking or putting his hand on his gun or putting his elbow on his gun. Watch him. That's all he's thinking about is that gun. You see most blacks, they never even look toward their gun. When they got it on, they just, it's, oh, I got a gun. Oh, that's right, I got a gun. You know, so it's a difference. It's a difference in the makeup. And, 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 and it was said that it should be blacks most of the time in these black neighborhoods also. But they won't hire enough blacks. And now it's gotten to the point where blacks don't want to be a part of these departments because they're killing 
other blacks, and these blacks are getting angry about it. But none of them, because of their lifestyle and because of the money they make, they don't want to say anything because they got families, and we can understand that. But it's sad. It's just a sad situation right now all across the United States. I don't know about other countries because I'm not there. But in the United States, it's really sad about law enforcement that what it has come. My daughter is still a cop. And yes, I spent all my years as a cop too, mostly. But I don't. I never lacked the situation. They told me when, I, and I'm gonna be through. They told me, and I told you all this too. When I first joined the department, oh, you can, don't go on the beach side, Giles, and arrest nobody. And 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 and, and uh, I said, why? They said because it's mostly that's white over there. Don't go over there. That was the first place I went and arrested somebody. I've always been that kind of a person. <laughs> I'm defiant. Don't tell me. Your badge reads the same as my badge. I'm a cop, just like you a cop. You're going to tell me I only arrest people over on Campbell Street and 2nd Avenue and Baba Thune Cookman and all these places, but I can't go on the beach and arrest nobody? Get out of here. That's the first place I went. Found me a drunk and arrested him. So that's what we've got to do. We've got to stop being... And I don't want to use some of the words, but we've got to stop being little sissies. We really do. Because we let them get away with too much. And it's being buried deep. Cheryl, let me ask you. Cheryl, let me ask you. How do you feel standing there? You know, you got a young son who's growing up, and the last thing you want him to do is interact with a police officer. I'm saying I don't want no interaction with the police officers under no circumstances because I don't want them to one day tell me they were afraid of me. You know, being 6'6 six, six and, and and 300 plus pounds makes you really skittish, you know, being, being around white cops because they can so easily say, hey, I was afraid. You know, um, like I tell y'all all the time, that when we, you know, whenever he leaves, you know, we always say, what, um, what's our goal? And he said to make it back home. And um, it's been one occasion that he was stopped by a cop. And that was his very first experience. And it happened a couple of months ago. He came home shaking so bad. And the cop just stopped him and asked him if he was all right. Um, He was dropping a friend of his off. And and as he was telling me how he felt, he began to cry or being stopped. And just the cop saying, are you all right? You know, because of the many stories that we hear, it has, and I don't think before he was stopped that he ever thought that he would react in in that way. Mm-hmm. But trust me, he was shaking so bad. And as he was just telling me, you know, he just started crying. And it's mm-hmm. a horrifying feeling to know that this is an experience 
that your child goes through. I know when we was in Tennessee, um, one little area next to where we stayed was predominantly white. And my son at the time was like in his early 20s, and he was driving a Toyota Tundra truck. And I can guarantee you every single time he went in this little town, he got stopped. Couldn't find nothing on him. I mean, you know, registration, insurance, everything was legal on him. And it's just driving, you know, being black while driving. It had nothing to do with anything he did, never, you know, wasn't speeding, didn't stop it, you know, and he was very, very cautious, and that's one thing that I tell them. And if they ever stop them, to be sure to put your hands on the steering wheel. Make your hands wide open and visible so that they can see at all times. And even my son left um, one city and went to another city. He worked in one city, went to another city. And he went to drop off some things at the back, you know, at the store. But he had to go to the back door to where they kept the kid in this key lock and then go around to the front. Well, I had to be on the phone. I'm going to FaceTime you because I want to, you know, nobody's there with you. Nobody's know what's going on. You're a black guy going in, you know, going to the back door, and now you're opening up the store after store hours. So we're going to be on FaceTime, and you're going to have your phone in front of your face the whole time so that, you know, I'm there. But it's, it's scary, and it's, and it's so unnecessary that we have to do this. And, I mean, I have three grandsons by one, um, by my um, son. So, and, I mean, I fear, you know, with them coming up, even my um, – third grader, he was held down by one guy, one little boy in the fourth grade, and punched by another one. And my daughter-in-law is still, they just dismissed it and said that, um, sent a note home for her to sign saying that he admitted to hitting the boy back. Well, yeah, he hit him back after he was held down. But they want this to follow through his record. And she sent it back to school. The teacher sent it back. So she threw it away. And she called the school board. You know, and they want this to follow through on your record and that you sign it and go through with you throughout school. And he was the victim. But it's not going to be over with. She went to the school board. She gave them a week to investigate it. And she wants to hear something. Now, they don't know that my pastor in Tennessee sits on the school board. He's a school board officer. But we haven't threw his name in the mix yet because they live in an all-white area. So it's ridiculous because I told her, I said, let me tell you, if it's another, and this is the second incident he didn't have. This is a third grader. I said, if they don't do nothing about it, guess what? We put them in private school where we can monitor what's going on because you can have access to cameras 
in uh, a private school. But this is a third grader, and he is dealing with this. And it shouldn't even be. So, yeah, we are on pins and needles every single day. And it should not be. We got to do something. We got to stand up. Uh, let me, you know, this is something we're going to to continue to talk about. Uh, time just don't flew by so fast, and I got a couple more people I need to go to. Uh, Regina, we're talking about the murder of another black man who's been shot at 20-plus times, and all he had was a telephone. And we know that if black men had murdered a white boy who all he had was a telephone, heads would be chopped off. Good evening. Good evening, sir. Hi, Regina. Are you able to talk, Regina? Hello? Hi, Regina. Talk to us. As you get married, let me go to Joyce. Joyce, how you know you know that we can't we can't make those kind of mistakes. We can't um, have those kind of things happen, and they try to make us believe that it's accident. It's just this just act, these are just accidents that these are happening in the black people. Well, that's true, and and, and no, they're not accidents. And, Ms. Cheryl, I can relate exactly to what you're going through, particularly with, with your son. We And they start, they start messing with him early. Believe me, they start messing with him in kindergarten. And that's ridiculous. you got to be heads up, in particular uh, black men, black boys. It, it's just there. It's just automatically there. you got to be heads up on what's going on and what's in tune as to what what is going on. And we got to start speaking to our kids and letting them know what's at stake once they go outside that door. You're different. You need to be heads up. You cannot get away with nothing. They won't let you. And the system is not set up that way. And if you were a white boy and you and you you black and you, if he decides to do something, you you better say check you later and get the get away from it. Because when the stuff go down, he can get off, but your butt can't system is not set up for you to be getting off. Either you're going to be incarcerated at a youth program or youth youth jail, and you're going to stay there way longer than what you should be staying. And then once you get a certain age, they're going to put your butt over in prison, and you're going to stay there until you're so old to when you come out, you're going to be like OJ. You still think you got it going on, and you just don't. That's just where it is, is that we're looking at. Now, the system is not set up. It's a different type of rules for the black policemen. Probably as, as, as different from the now. The minister can can talk on this. It's nothing in black and white, but it's it's a certain way of the way that the system is set up. Am I right when I say that? And You're and most right. black uh, uh, law enforcement, they know they roll. They better know they roll if they don't. 
And like you said, the one who do think they white and they think that they just as good or just no no difference, don't fool yourself. And that's why I keep saying, and you know, we you, we always say, and you always ask James about the the rules and the, what the what the law is. The law is not designed for what we are what we're here for and what we stand for. We see this every day, and that's what right. it, it's just not cartel for us. That's not our law. Right. So we got to stop thinking independent on the law is going to be on our side because it's not. They can twist it. I'm a living witness to that. They twist it. They rewrite it. They deny it. They dismiss it. They can do anything they want to. They do, and they let you know that they got the power too. But my thing mm-hmm. is you just don't stop there. You just keep on chucking away with it, chucking away with it, and there's going to be a slip-up <laughs> somewhere down the line. Either that or you need to get some people's attention, and that's where we are. That's why those young people out there marching. They are marching because they are they will refuse to sit down and be, be treated the way that we, we, we're being treated. We just, we're talking about it, but we ain't doing nothing about it. What I propose, believe me, what I propose, why don't we get something on our group? We, we own on every day. We need to make a commitment. We take an issue, and we keep grounded it on that senator number, our, 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 our representative. We call them every day. We do it for a whole week. This is one stand. Even if it's in another state, we want to bring it to their attention on what we feel or what it is what, that what we believe in. You keep on harming that and harming that, next thing you know, we're rolling on something. we got to let them know what we think, and when it's not right, we got to let them know that it's not right. Now, what is happening maybe in Regina State? No, it's not happening here, but I can call and tell my senators, I've heard about this situation there in Virginia, and I don't think it's right. Would you please do this, this, this to, to the congressman there? Let them know that we're watching even from out of state afar. These people got to be called on that situation. So whatever the situation is, I propose that we need to get busy. I think we can do something as our group, as, a, as, 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 as something. We, we just got to do something. We talk, but we got to do something. I don't mm. know. <laughs> That's what's on my mind today. Jay, well, let me just now? say that. I, yeah, yeah, Regina, go ahead. I hear you. Oh, I didn't know if you could hear me now. You couldn't hear me before. I hear you. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, first comment, the first thing you asked, said about the person who was killed and he was holding a cell phone. And I was saying that right now my heart is heavy here in Columbia because last weekend we had an African-American boy, 22 years old, same age as my daughter, to shoot into a crowd down at St. Patrick's Day. He shot and critically wounded three very up-and-rising African-American males. And he was African-American. So to talk mm-hmm. about what the white man is doing, and my heart has been heavy and bleeding, that one was shot in the face and the bullet went to his neck. He's critical. He was, uh, he uh. just pledged Omega. He had just left Omega in North Carolina. He just just, um, finished uh, airborne 
jumping out of a, getting his certification or something to jump out of an airplane. And he wanted to finish college and become an, an officer in the military. The other two fellows all were college students. And this man, black boy, had the nerve to tell the judge that to be lenient on him because he had children at home. Excuse mm. excuse me. Mm. Unreal. So I so it is it's only so much that I can say about right now about this white man killing this black man. Black boy has just ended the lives. The productive lives of three mm-hmm. up and coming black men. Coming. Up and coming. Amen. The Amen. other comment I want to make is the reason I get off work so late as a teacher, as a reading coach, is because during the day I don't have time to be in my office because I've got to be out in the school monitoring the bullying going on in the school. Mm-hmm. From kindergarten, and when I tell you all these children are awful, awful, mm-hmm. kindergarten. And we're t- my office is on the kindergarten wing, and I hear the children going by. That's why your mama breath smell like so and so, and that's why. And I see them hitting the teachers at the front of the line. The 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 instructional assistant may be at the back of the line dealing with something, and another one you see them just pushing. And as soon as the other child turns around to push them back. That's when the the instructional assistant or the teacher's eyes focus on that child that pushed back. Mm. We then when you call home, the parents said, "Well, what did they do to them?" This is going on across the United States, and I I was I'm not I'm sorry to hear that your families are having these troubles, but I'm also glad to hear, and that is a topic. It was just on the news this morning, Arizona or somewhere, now they're wanting to create a bill. I don't know if it's Arizona, but it's somewhere out west where the parents will be fined $500 if their child is found to be a bully. This is a national crisis because in Columbia, in my district, it's that zero tolerance. So if my daughter, if she were in school, if she hit somebody, no, if somebody hit her and she hit them back, that's a fight. So I told her, throw your hands up. If somebody hit you, throw your hands up and become the victim. Be attacked. Throw your hands up and let everybody see this person is attacking you. And if the school doesn't write it up as an attack, I guarantee you I'll be sitting at the police department. That's right. Reverse psychology on them. So that is a national crisis, y'all. That's why these children are taking the guns, all this foolery. That's a national crisis. And it creates other issues. Yes, it does. So that is something that we could, you know, get to the senators about. 
But it's it's very real. It's very real. We well, need to take a platform. Um, you all had you all had so much to say, and uh, I guess we're gonna have to carry this on to tomorrow. Uh, so get your mind <laughs> and your thoughts together for tomorrow's show, because uh, we're about five minutes from. Uh, the end of the show, so I can't get to everybody and say, what is your final thought? Well, let me just see. Let me go to um, to Reverend Smith. No, no, Reverend Smith, I'll let you be last. Cheryl, what is your final thought? Uh, real quick, we got about four minutes. I'm going to say like I always say, whatever we do, we can do more. Uh, all right. Joyce, your final thought real quick this evening? We we just need to get a, get a platform and let's move forward. All right, we'll start tomorrow at 8 o'clock. We, I guess we'll have to continue it. Regina, what is your final thought this evening? Glad I made it in to hear you guys. Yeah, it, uh, listen, uh, just go back to uh, your Google, your stories, and just come back tomorrow and let's make it happen. Uh, G, your final thought this evening? Yeah, real quick, uh, God allow, allows things to happen for a reason, and I'm, I'm sure that California being uh, the largest liberal state in the union, uh, you're going to see some reaction behind the shooting. Uh, you saw those people surrounded. Uh, the uh, the Kings couldn't even have a game, and it, it is. Uh, I don't think this is going away anytime soon. Reverend Smith, your final thought this evening, and we'll come back tomorrow and continue this conversation because time went by so fast. Uh, but we really do have to decide whether or not we're going to make this thing something special. Uh, and, you know, like you've said before, we, we need to bring other people to the table. Uh, Reverend Smith, your final thought this evening? My my final thought is like what Dee said, is God, God is still in charge too. But the one thing that we must remember all whites are not bad as all blacks are not bad. They're good and That's bad right. and everything. Everything. True. So let's not, true. let's not lump everybody into the same bundle. Category. Just the one that create mess. God bless. That's true. And, Regina, I just want to thank you for bringing that story to the table. If you can send me a link, I would really appreciate it. I'd like to read up on it myself. But the truth is, is that, our lives are too valuable, no matter who is the uh, perpetrator. I don't care if the perpetrator is white, Mexican, Asian. I want African Americans' lives to mean something and to to uh, require a penalty when it's taken. But it is time out for people just walking away from shooting black, coming up with some lame excuse, and going on with their lives. Our lives are too important and too valuable for our blood to be spilled on ground that will not require a sacrifice from those who make it happen. So thank you today, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Dial in at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption.
you know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to...
Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.